This is NTL Now, your Northern Tier League sports podcast. NTL Now is brought to you by Circle W Sports, the new name in the game for high school sports. NTL Now is also brought to you by Endless Mountains Brace and Mobility, Mansfield University, Max Driving Academy, and the Park Hotel and Brewing Company. Now let's join the host of NTL Now, Here's Shane Wilbur. Welcome back, Northern Tier League sports fans. It's another edition of the NTL Now podcast. Shane Wilbur back with you here for yet another great week. Sorry that, uh, you know, things got a little crazy last week, so no episode uh, recorded last week, but this week we'll try and make the best of uh, a couple of weeks of information and uh, see how things turn out. All right, so this week we've got uh, pretty much a lot of stuff to cover here. We're going to try and break this down into segments this week, talking uh, about base baseball, softball, and of course, track and field as well. So we've got all that coming up for you. As far as guests go this week, well, <laughs> honestly, I, uh, I I know of one, okay? I know, uh, you know, I've got an interview with uh, Sarah baseball coach Jamie Van Duzer. That'll be coming up a little bit later on in the podcast this week. Uh, you know, have a couple of other uh, feelers out there to see if maybe we get a couple more this week, but who knows? Regardless, uh, we'll still cram this thing full of NTL information, so definitely looking forward to that as we go so yes as of right now uh, we'll talk with Sarah head coach Jamie Van Duzer on the baseball side coming up a little bit later in this week's podcast now of course the weather uh, playing a little bit of a trick on the Northern Tier League to get this week started but thankfully things cleared off we were able to get uh, some games in by the midweek and uh, looking like we might have some coming up here towards the weekend as well so we'll recap all that coming up here in just a little bit too but uh, as we get this week started uh, I want to take some time and kind of quickly uh, just kind of give some recognition to some of the Northern Tier League alumni who have been doing some great things out there in the uh, softball and baseball circuit uh, definitely uh, want to give a shout out to uh, former Troy grad Riley McClellan. She's now playing softball at Lock Haven and I'm telling you what, you better start following the uh, Lock Haven softball team, following her progress as the year goes on. She was just voted uh, PSAC Player of the Week in softball action, uh, not this past week I believe, but I think a couple weeks ago, but still, uh, Riley McClellan off to uh, an amazing start. She had one whale of a series uh, against the Mansfield Mountaineers here uh, a couple of weeks ago too so definitely want to keep uh, an eye on Riley's progress here as the softball season continues but uh, she's definitely helping the Lock Haven Lady Eagles have themselves quite the season. Also a uh, big congrats going out to Emma Adams uh, who's now playing uh, up at Albany, uh, the former Athens Wildcat. Emma able to uh, hit her first collegiate home run uh, during this past weekend series as well so definitely you know when we get the chance want to uh, try and recognize some of our past NTL stars and actually uh, joining that Lady Wildcat train is uh, former Lady Wildcat uh, track star Emily Lunger. She's off to a pretty solid start this spring uh, out at St. Francis as well and of course finally uh, in baseball action former Kalineski Valley Indian Tyler Melko doing great things uh, over at Mansfield University. I know he's been off to a pretty solid start here in the early goings of uh, the MU baseball spring season 
season too. So, yes, uh, you know, when we get the chance, you definitely want to uh, kind of look back, uh, see some of the uh, stars who used to shine right here in the NTL and, uh, you know, kind of give them their recognition now, kind of keep uh, some tabs on, you know, where are they now and stuff like that. And if you happen to miss out uh, on this year's collegiate wrestling tournament as well, I know uh, the folks up at Channel 18 and Elmira have been doing a lot of features on him, but uh, former Wildcat state champion from Athens, Brian Courtney, what a great year he has had uh, so far for the uh, Virginia Cavaliers. I mean, he had a, an amazing wrestling season this year. Not only, uh, you know, did he have a great ACC schedule, but he ended up being a wildcard qualifier for the NCAA National Tournament. And then, of course, uh, news just coming out this week as well. He was also part of the uh, all-academic team as well for collegiate wrestling uh, in the ACC, too. So, I mean, just, you know, awesome to see some of these uh, former NTL athletes shine on to the next level. You know, I think sometimes here in the Northern Tier League, uh, kids get uh, a little bit, uh, I don't want to say shy, but, you know, uh, maybe get like into the mindset to think that, you know what, they might not be able to uh, perform uh, at the next level. Well, you know what, uh, kind of uh, follow along with some of these uh, former athletes as well. And of course, kind of go back and look at some of the other greats as well. I mean, basically the Northern Tier League, no different from uh, any other area out there. It's all about the work you want to put into it. If you're willing to put in the time, dedicate yourself, get into the weight room, get into the speed training, get into, you know, whatever it is you need to do, uh, great things can definitely happen and uh, great to see some of these awesome alumni out there uh, doing great things and uh, showing, you know, the youngsters of tomorrow that, uh, you know, you can definitely excel on the next level if you're willing to put in the work. But as we turn the focus now back here to the uh, here and now and the present of NTL Sports, we've got a lot to cover this week. Like I said, uh, we're going to talk some softball, we're going to talk baseball, and of course we're going to talk track and field as well here this week on the podcast too. So we're going to step aside. When we come back, we'll dive into some NTL baseball, and we're going to have head coach Jamie Van Duzer from the Sarah Redskins. He'll be on with us next after this quick timeout right here on the NTL Now podcast. Podcast. Growing up in a small town. It's important to get your name out there if you want to play at the next level. Circle W Sports helped me get the exposure I needed. It's really been a one-stop shop for college coaches where they can go in there and they can find information about not only one player, but the rest of our team, guys that they might not be thought they were interested in before they went to the website. So Circle W has really done that. It linked highlight films, contact information, and everything that the coach would need. Circle W Sports. The new name in the game for high school sports. Welcome back here this week on the NTL Now podcast, and he is the manager of the undefeated Sarah Redskins boys baseball team. Coach Jamie Van Duzer joining us here this week on the NTL Now podcast. Coach, it's been a great start to the season, and uh, thanks for joining me this week here on the podcast. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Coach, you know, I was going back through some numbers here at the start of the season, and uh, I don't even know if you can believe the numbers that are being put up on the scoreboard here by the Redskins in the early part of the year. I mean, are you shocked to see how great of a start your team's off to already this year? Yes, absolutely. Um, I think I, I think it was 51 runs and 15 innings. So, Offensively, they're, uh, they're, they're definitely clicking on all cylinders. 
Now, Coach, I mean, I know this is a special group you have here, but, I mean, obviously, you know, you've been around this program now uh, for what seems like uh, many years. I mean, you know, you've, you've seen the ups of Sarah Baseball, you've seen some downs in Sarah Baseball, and you've really got things going, you know, whether or not it's, uh, it's the, the highest of highs or lowest of lows. Yeah, I mean, these kids have been playing together for since they were seven, eight years old. They've had uh, a lot of a lot of coaches along the way that have built what they have here, and they are a pretty special group. They they enjoy playing together. I write down the lineup, and it's it's pretty easy right now with everybody hitting the way they are. It's it's pretty easy just to put the lineup in and go with what we you know what I've got written down. I talked to some other people around the league this year, and obviously, you know, a lot of the consensus was uh, a lot of teams kind of favored yours just because, you know, the depth was obviously there. But, I mean, is it just a, a big help knowing that, you know, like you said, just to go and just kind of write down that lineup, uh, you've got a lot of trust in your group. But as good as the offense has been, the defense has been even better, allowing just the uh, 11 runs so far this year. Yeah, and I and I think out of the eleven, there's probably four or five of them that are unearned. Just some are mental mistakes, but you know, not hitting cuts and overthrowing the ball and not making the right decision with the ball. But that you know, that's going to get better as we go along, and at least I hope it is. And you know, we've also benefited from some early season stuff from other teams with errors and walks and whatnot, but. Not not because we haven't been hitting the ball hard, though, that's for sure. I mean, obviously, you know, when, when you see 51 runs over three games, you definitely know things are clicking. But, you know, Coach, I want to kind of give you a moment to kind of, you know, talk about this uh, group right now in front of you as a whole. I mean, obviously, you know, you know this group is special, but the, the uncertainty of, of potentially, you know, possibly not having a, a season as you did last year uh, really has to kind of – kind of ratchet things up I would say with this group you know knowing that you know any game can be their last and you know they just want to go out there and play together as a group as much as they can we're very fortunate to be able to play right now um, we see teams in fact our first three games were postponed because of you know COVID issues and and I think they're all aware of that that it could be you know in fact this week we're probably going to be playing without one or two of ours who have been quarantined but again, we we've got three or four kids on the bench that I I'm comfortable with, and I think that they probably would start on a lot of teams around the league. But we're, we're fortunate where we can plug them in, and you know, we, I'm hoping we don't miss a beat. Now, when you look at your team as a whole, I mean, are you are you more satisfied with the fact knowing that you know you've got uh, probably a, a the best lineup one through nine or is it the fact that you know on any given night you've got a pitcher that you can throw out there that you know will give you a quality start which I really think is what maybe separates uh, your squad right now is knowing you've probably got the best depth as far as pitching arms go this year I I think so I mean without playing last year it's hard you know it's hard to see what is around the league I know there are some good arms out there and I know there's some some good coaches and some good you know, teams as well that are going to hit the ball, and I'm certainly not expecting to put up 15, 16 runs every every night. I've been around the game long enough to know that those averages just aren't going to sustain themselves throughout the season. We're going to have times when we don't hit, but yeah, you're right. We do have five or six guys that I'm very comfortable with putting on the mound, and they're going to throw strikes. I mean, they they may not overpower everybody, anybody, but they 
they will throw strikes. So, you know, I don't want to play the comparison game, but obviously, I mean, you've been very fortunate over these last few years to have, you know, some really good Sarah baseball teams. I mean, is really the biggest difference, I want to say, from your team probably three or four years ago uh, to right now, just having, you know, some extra arms to maybe go at it? I mean, obviously, I mean, you had Rockwell and Sweet a couple years ago, but now it seems like you go three, four, five arms deep, which uh, really helps you come the postseason time. Yes, that that'll be huge, and I wouldn't say that our you know our one or two is as good as uh, Sweet and Rockwell were then, but you know these kids are all juniors too, so it's it's kind of scary to think that you know even you know this year next year with all this this group being seniors next year, I'm hoping that they'll get to the point where you know they'll be able to go seven innings. You know, I I think we have a couple that can right now. But I, you know, knowing that we have one or two other ones that can come in in the fifth and sixth, that's that's pretty comforting too. Now, as you got ready for this season, and obviously you knew you had a boatload of talent that was going to be there this year, I mean, who were some kids you were kind of leaning on this year to say, okay, you know what, like, yes, I can be the coach, I can be the voice, I can say all I want to say, but who are some of the guys you were kind of leaning on and saying, look, this kind of has to be your team as players as well, because, you know, some of the guys are going to respond more when it's their teammates who are uh, kind of chirping at them in their ear. Yeah, um, well, one of them probably I would say is Braden Horton, our catcher. I mean, he had a great year as a freshman, nothing last year, but um, being the catcher and, you know, now that he's a junior, I, I, I don't have the seniors that most teams have. You know, there's there's two that start. One um, is coming in, in and out off the bench. So I, I, I do get some leadership from them and they're, you know, they've been playing well with, but they, again, they've, They've uh, with the juniors. They've been playing together for so long through the little league, you know, ten, elevens, the eleven, twelve. So they're all pretty comfortable with one another. But Braden is one that I would definitely say is one of the leaders. And one of the big surprises actually has been Lucas Horton. He's kind of took it upon himself for never playing on a varsity field. I mean, he's kind of taken it upon himself to be a leader. And I've been pretty happy with him. Do you credit a lot of what the success has been of Sarah Baseball to not only, you know, the work they put in during, you know, your season, but also the off season as well? I mean, you talk about these kids playing travel ball together. I mean, is that really becoming, you know, like the trend of baseball as we know it, where if you want this success, travel ball kind of has to be a part of that story as well? It definitely helps. Um, the travel, and travel ball is a little different now. I mean, our team went and played you know we kept six or seven of us together to go play as a team and that that doesn't happen a lot a lot of times you're going to pick up team, you know like Braden plays for a team and he's the only one from our school that plays for that team in fact a lot of the kids that he plays with are not even from our league or even our district in that for that matter but you know, we didn't we didn't win a lot of games when we went as the stealing home travel team. And, you know, most of these kids did. We didn't win a ton, but they played together, and it definitely is. It's definitely showing up now. 
So now, you know, as you kind of project forward here, you've obviously got a lot of games going through here uh, as far as the regular season goes. But, I mean, we, we can't be naive to think that, you know, this team is uh, not going to be one of those big uh, guns there, you know, towards the end of the race and whatnot. So, I mean, what is it you're telling your team these days, you know, to kind of keep them focused, you know, kind of keep their eyes on the prize knowing that, hey, we do have a special group, and if we put this whole thing together, yes, this can be a special season yeah the one thing and i know it's cliche but the one thing is one game at a time and not only because of we have to play one game at a time and focus on the team we're playing that night but you know what what the uh the kind of the, the life we live now we we could all be shut down and not be able to play for 14 days and then you never know what happens after that so we you know we we do know that there's some like I said earlier, some really good arms in the league, and I think the bullseye, you know, if you're three or four or five and oh, that bullseye starts out small and it gets bigger and bigger. We're going to see everybody's best, and, you know, that's that's what we want. That's what we want to see right now. And, of course, you know, I applaud you for uh, being able to, you know, step outside of the league a little bit. I mean, you get a game with a, a, a very quality, I should say, uh, South Williamsport squad. I mean, what's it like uh, to be able to at least kind of get out into District 4 a little bit, you know, and kind of see some teams, see some arms, see some things that, you know, you don't usually see around the league? So that, that game with South Williamsport was actually, we played them in the finals, the district finals, two years ago. And the coach had mentioned to our athletic director the night there at Bowman Field, we'd like to get a regular season game. And, you know, that was kind of agreed upon. And when last year's season was canceled, we just kept the same schedule. And, uh, you know, go, <laughs> with the way it all worked out, we kind of, we started with Athens, our crosstown rival. Then we went with, then we had Canton, who is, you know, our small school rival. It seems lately the last couple of years, we're always in a battle with them. Um, and they've, they've got a great group of kids and, you know, then we go to, you know, have South Williamsport come in for a game. So we had pretty, three pretty tough games right off the bat, which we would consider for us, you know, our bigger three games on our schedule. And I was a little concerned with South Williamsport, you know, I, and they're, they're very talented being that it was their first game. It kind of helped favored us, and we did hit the ball well, but I, I'm guessing that if we played them five or six more times in a row, that it, I mean, it's definitely not going to be the way it was on Friday. Well, I'll tell you, it's just uh, incredible to see, you know, that, you know, your squad right now averaging 17 runs a game. But, you know, I, I love the fact that, you know, you're realistic about it. You know, you know, your team's going to have some peaks and some valleys along the way. And, of course, you know, as you said, uh, you know, not to be cliche, just keep going one game at a time. Now, Coach, I want to have a little fun with you here as, we, you know, we wind this thing down. I mean, I've seen you away from the baseball field. You know, I've seen you on the golf course. I've got to know this because I, and I want want this to be as lighthearted and humorous as possible is there anybody on that baseball team who can outdrive your son because i've seen that kid hit the golf ball a ton so i want to know is there somebody on your baseball team who you would take over your son on a on a, on a golf course because cannon hits it a ton <laughs> yeah no chance yeah there's no chance i in fact those a lot of guys they'll, they'll go up to the driving range for fun and Usually by the time they get halfway through the basket, the rest of them are sitting texting their girlfriends and Cannon's still hitting balls. So, <laughs> so. 
Oh, man. I mean, it was just, uh, you know, a, a treat to see, you know, kind of following your group at a tournament last summer. And I thought, man, if this kid hits a baseball as far as he hits a golf ball, holy cow, things are going to be well. But, I mean, Coach, obviously, you know, right now you've got things going uh, in a really good direction. You're 3-0 and right now. Bigger games coming up as the season goes on. And, uh, you know, much continued success to you and the Redskins. And uh, keep up these winning ways. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to catch up with you down the road. Thank you very much. I do appreciate it. That was head coach Jamie Van Duzer from the Sarah Redskins here on the NTL Now podcast. Now, admittedly, uh, that interview was done earlier this week before the Redskins uh, baseball squad got back out and uh, did some work uh, this week as far as uh, you know their offensive output. Now it seems as if they are over 90 runs scored in five games this year. So, yes, the Sarah baseball team definitely out doing work this season. But, uh, yes. Credit to Coach Van Duzer and that squad. They've got uh, a lot of great talent. They're doing a lot of great things here at the beginning of the season. But now let's turn the focus to some other NTL action uh, that's been going on. Uh, last Friday night, uh, had the opportunity to see the Canton Warriors baseball team uh, this past Friday as they 10-run Muncie 13-3 and uh, were able to pull out that win uh, against the Muncie Indians. Uh, awesome, uh, you know, to see uh, for Canton. Uh, they need needed a bounce back last Friday after being defeated by Sayre earlier last week. So for Canton to bounce back with that 10-run uh, win over Muncie, uh, that's definitely huge for them. And then, of course, the Warriors go out uh, this week, too. Uh, they get a win over Northeast Bradford on Tuesday night. And then, uh, unfortunately, they dropped a heartbreaker last night uh, against the uh, South Williamsport Mountaineers as they lost 3-1. to But credit to uh, Canton's Brendan Matthews. He had a whale of a ball game. Uh, scattered very few hits over five and a third innings last night. And uh, Chris Massey was just raving about uh, the performance of Matthews last night. Uh, but, you know, for Canton, hey, you know, even uh, a loss like that, though, that's still a quality loss. You know, you want to go out, you want to test yourselves when you've got, uh, you know, great talent like Canton does. So for them to go out and, uh, you know, kind of drop a heartbreaker there, 3-1, to one, I mean, yes, you wanted the win, but at the same time, hey, you got a great effort out of Brendan Matthews. You know, maybe you finally found uh, that arm that you know can maybe take you deep into a ball game rather than, you know, having to rely on maybe three or four arms to get you through a game. But still, you know, for Canton, uh, you know, back to the drawing board as they'll get ready for more action. But uh, good to see the Warriors off to a, a pretty solid start here at the beginning of the season as well. I uh, had the opportunity to see Athens baseball as uh, they defeated Troy uh, last week as well. Now, of course, uh, you know, for the Wildcats, you know, they've had uh, kind of some up and down uh, times here to start the season. Of course, you know, they dropped that heartbreaker to the Canton Warriors uh, in their opening uh, game of the season. And then, of course, also, uh, you know, they lost a heartbreaker to Wellsboro, too, uh, this past week as well. But, you know, when Athens has looked good, uh, they They've had a lot of great things going their way. They've been able to hit the ball well, put the ball in play, you know, and as I said, you know, I got to see the uh, the Wildcats this past week against the Troy Trojans. Uh, of course, you know, the Troy Trojans, uh, they're a team who's kind of on the rebuilding mode, but, you know, if you're looking for some bright spots, uh, I want to say this, uh, for a young team like the Trojans, I love what they have defensively at shortstop. I think the sophomore Justice Kimmicks at, soft, or at uh, shortstop, rather, he's a kid that I think is going to fill 
fill in really nice for Coach Allen and the Trojans here over the next couple of years. Uh, he's got a lot of range there uh, as the shortstop. I think that's a, a nice building block for him. And uh, as far as the bat goes, boy, I'll tell you what, Morgan Madigan for the Trojans, he hits the ball an absolute ton when he connects on it. So, I mean, for Troy, yes, you know, they, they admittedly are a team that's kind of in building mode, but I think as the season goes on, you're going to find that Troy's going to find uh, some answers as to who are some kids they can build around uh, as their uh, future holds over the next couple of years with this group. So I definitely, you know, see some upside here going on uh, with the Troy baseball team. All right, now let's go a little further east here for NTL baseball as the Tawanda Black Knights and the Wyalusing Rams baseball squads getting their seasons going here. The Black Knights uh, right now on the season getting their first win this past week as they were able to upend North Penn Mansfield by a score of 2-1. to one. Unfortunately, they tasted a couple losses as well as they were blanked by Jersey Shore this past Saturday and uh, I believe lost a tough heartbreaker to Wellsboro as well uh, this uh, past week too. So, yes, Wellsboro outdueling the Black Knights 9-7 in uh, baseball action there. So, I mean, Tawanda, you know, uh, still one of those younger teams uh, kind of looking to build as the season goes on. So hopefully, you know, they'll find some pieces as well to keep building with. Now, the Wyalusing Rams so far, only one game, I believe, under their belt as this season has gone. But uh, they did get a 16-7 win over Tunkanic uh, in their season opener as uh, pitcher Blake Morningstar had a uh, pretty solid opening start uh, for Wyalusing. But, you know, uh, the Rams, uh, they're a team, once the season gets going, you know, I think they've got uh, some pieces as well that they're going to be able to uh, build with and uh, they're definitely going to be a force that'll be uh, in the fold here as the season goes on but you know as we quickly look at the uh, Northern Tier League standings Wellsboro right now continues uh, to pace the large school as they are 4-0 so far in the large school division they're 4-2 overall uh, Athens right now 4-3 overall they are 3-1 in the division 4-2 in the league North Penn Mansfield uh, had a game suspended uh, in the uh, extra innings frame. So right now they are 3-3-1 and one, uh, in their overall record too. You got Tawanda Troy and Wyalusing of course with only the one game played sitting uh, right now in the uh, bottom spot of the large school division. Small school, I think this one is going to be Sayers for the taking if they keep playing the way they are. Uh, Sarah right now sitting at 5-0. and They are 3-0 and in the league and division. Canton, though, with a nice uh, job here at the start of the season. They're 5-2 and overall. 4-1 and in the league, which is great. 2-1 and in the division. Kalineski Valley, 3-4 and right now, sitting third in the small school. They are 2-1 and overall in the division. And uh, Williamson and Northeast Bradford, uh, you know, rounding out the small school uh, division here in the Northern Tier League for baseball. So that is where we are right now as far as baseball goes here in the Northern Tier League but now I think it is time to turn our attention to some softball action so we will do that coming up as we take a quick timeout. we'll be back with some more NTL softball talk coming up right here on the NTL Now podcast. Endless Mountain Brace Mobility in Troy is a proud supporter of our area athletes in the Northern Tier League. Parents, don't just trust anyone if the athlete in your family is injured. Let the experts at Endless Mountains Brace and Mobility be there to help make the recovery process as easy as possible. Call them today for more information on how they can help at 570-297-2993. That's 570-297-2993. 
They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5, and closed Saturday and Sunday. That's Endless Mountain Brace and Mobility in Troy. Welcome back here, NTL sports fans, on the NTL Now podcast this week. Shane Wolper still here with you. And, of course, reminding you for all of your updated NTL sports information, remember you can check things out at the ntlsports.com website. Uh, Ed Weaver and crew doing a great job keeping the sports site updated with a lot of the NTL schedule standings as well as scores as well. So keep track there at ntlsports.com. Remember, you can follow the Northern Tier League uh, on Facebook as well. Search Northern Tier League and of course uh, on Twitter too at NTL Athletics. So go ahead and check all that out uh, as well for all of your uh, up-to-date scores and such. Alright, as we keep going on here this week on the NTL Now podcast of course we've got some softball action going on here around the Northern Tier League and uh, you know this week as far as the uh, radio went had the opportunity to call Northeast Bradford and Canton in the NTL uh, game of the week this week uh, as far as the one that I was able to cover and of course you know uh, that one uh, a Northeast Bradford uh, runaway uh, as far as that one went however you know I don't want a score to pretty much uh, implicate a game as the Northeast Bradford Lady Panthers yes ended up winning 9-1 to but you know that's kind of one of those games where fielding mistakes come into play and Canton just for some reason uh, had some mental mistakes in the field that day and just couldn't uh, you know uh, overcome them I guess is the best way to put it you know it's kind of like uh, you know as Keanu Reeves said in the replacements it's like quicksand once you uh, get into the trap you really can't get out of the trap and that's kind of what happened as one air led to two two led to another and uh, you know it just helped key a lot of Northeast Bradford runs but at the same time I'll tell you what coach Tilden Franklin the new coach out there at Northeast Bradford and uh, he's going to be a guest sometime on this podcast, I guarantee you that uh, he's got a he's got a really nice group of girls out there, and of course, you know Northeast Bradford, a team that's uh, always competitive as far as softball goes. But I'll tell you what, one through nine in that lineup for Northeast Bradford. They are, uh, you know, they're going to be a handful to deal with. I mean, you've got speed at the top with uh, Kaylee Toman. Uh, you've got, uh, you know, a very good power hitter there in the lineup as well uh, with the catcher, Emily Sushan. Uh, you've got uh, another quality hitter in the cleanup spot with Maisie Newber. Uh, Juliana Sushan, you know, the uh, older sister of Emily. I think, you know, as a senior, I think she's finally, you know, kind of, uh, it's just all clicking for her. And she's finally ready to uh, come into her own as she had some good swings with the bat uh, on Tuesday as well. And, and then even on the bottom end of their lineup as well uh, with Michaela Post and Melanie Shumway, those two girls had some really nice at-bats for Northeast Bradford. Uh, those two girls got down some really key situational bunts, ran the base pads well, and uh, definitely uh, helping to key Northeast Bradford's win over Canton uh, earlier this week as well. But you know what? Credit to Canton uh, on this trend as, you know, sometimes, you know, you take a loss to a league opponent and and, you know, it can really get you down in the dumps. However, I want to credit Coach Wesneski and the Lady Warriors as well because they came back and they got themselves into an offensive slugfest uh, with South Williamsport the very next night. And the Canton Lady Warriors were able to uh, claw that one out 22-18. to 18. Uh, Give a lot of credit to uh, Canton's Alexis Baldwin. Baldwin hitting for the cycle for the Lady Warriors that night. And, of course, uh, you know, for Canton not being able to 
kind of sit around and dwell on the Northeast loss. Huge for the Lady Warriors to bounce back and get that win uh, over South Williamsport. And then, of course, uh, also on the other side, Northeast Bradford uh, picking up a win over Sarah as well. So the Lady Panthers uh, getting back into a little bit of a groove. Canton, you know, so far going one and one on the week. But, yes, yeah, good to see some quality softball action there. Also this week, uh, you know, that uh, we had radio coverage-wise, uh, my broadcast uh, partner Kenny Lane had the uh, Troy Lady Trojans in action this week. Uh, as Troy uh, hosted North Penn Liberty. Uh, credit to Coach Terrellyn Anderson and the Lady Trojans. They get their first win of the year as they defeat North Penn Liberty this week. Uh, credit to uh, pitcher Lindsey Steele. Lindsey Steele throwing a seven-inning gem the other night uh, against North Penn Liberty. As Steele threw the complete game, she went seven innings in that matchup, allowing just eight hits, three earned runs, and struck out seven Mountaineer batters. So, yes, Lindsey Steele having her best performance of the season uh, in that win over North Penn Liberty. But offensively for Troy, they had three home runs in that ball game. Uh, Rachel Kingsley along with Arian Wilcox and Caitlin Knapp all hitting home runs for the Trojans in that one. Uh, some other big uh, offensive weapons. Wilcox, as I said, three RBIs. Lindsey Steele had three RBIs in that win. Rachel Kingsley with two. So Troy finally putting it together for a night getting that first win of the season so uh, a great job there by the Lady Trojans to get that win and of course uh, on the uh, flip side they snap uh, North Penn Liberty's three game win streak but North Penn Liberty you know still uh, hanging out there as well uh, another big matchup this past week you had the Wellsboro uh, Lady Hornets a big win over Athens Athens had been riding as high as could be in the Northern Tier League but it was Wellsboro who would end up clipping the Lady Wildcats late as Wellsboro gets the big 5-4 to four win over uh, Athens uh, earlier this week too. So lots of great softball action uh, still to come here as we head down into this middle part of the season. You know, like I said, I just talked about a lot of quality teams. Haven't even really gotten the chance to see Tawanda. Hopefully next week uh, we'll get the chance to see them and uh, hopefully later this season uh, we'll get the chance to see Wyloosing as well. I mean, we had Haley Jane on the podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago. Really hope to get the opportunity to see her and uh, the Lady Rams before the postseason. Definitely want to get a chance to see Tawanda next week too so hopefully uh, you know we'll have a little more analysis to go as far as those teams uh, once the season really gets into a full swing here. Alright, let's get on to the softball standings right now. I want to definitely recap those here as we sit uh, in about what week number four I think this is of the uh, softball season. Uh, right now, uh, only with one win so far, but a uh, complete uh, 1,000 winning percentage is losing right now as they still sit undefeated at 1-0. Uh, also in the large school division, you've got Athens, who is 6-1 overall. Wellsboro is 4-1 overall. Athens and Wellsboro, five, well, Athens is 5-1 in the league. Uh, Wellsboro is 4-1. They are both 3-1 in the division so far. North Penn Liberty in the large school division. They're three and four overall. One and one in the division. Two and four in the league. Troy one and four overall. One and three in the division. One and four in the league. Tawanda right now uh, sitting uh, 0 and two 
here in the early going. On to the small school division, Northeast Bradford with their two wins this week. They are now 3-0, leading the small school division. Kalineski Valley overall right now is 5-1. I'll tell you what, that is a very dangerous Kalineski Valley squad. Uh, hopefully getting the opportunity uh, to see them too here as the season goes on. I think I've got a game on the schedule, uh, them coming to Canton here in uh, just a couple of weeks. So definitely looking forward to seeing uh, the uh, Vargas and girl from Kalineski Valley and uh, you know seeing a lot of that group that's actually a team in Kalineski Valley that I think got hurt really bad by COVID last year I think that was a team with the combination of uh, this year's seniors and last year's seniors that I thought could have really made some noise last year but great to see you know that the the seniors this year are uh, not letting uh, you know last year's events get them down they're out to a really great start they're five and one right now overall 2-1 in the league, 1-0 in the division. Uh, you got Canton, who's now 4-3 overall, 2-3 in the league, 1-2 in the division. Uh, Williamson, uh, let's see here, at 1-4. And, and Sayre uh, also uh, rounding out. Uh, the small school division uh, here in uh, NTL softball. So, yes, definitely, uh, you know, the uh, spring season, uh, we've had some hills, we've had some valleys, some things that we've had to overcome, but glad to see that uh, things are off and running here uh, for the spring sports season. And, uh, you know, I know games are kind of getting shuffled around a little bit, and, uh, you know, athletic directors are working hard to make sure that things are getting uh, rescheduled. And speaking of things getting rescheduled, uh, quickly just want to uh, give a little update on on what's coming up this weekend as far as Wyalusing sports. Uh, it looks like the Wyalusing baseball team is going to do a doubleheader coming up this Saturday. They're going to play Elk Lake at 1 o'clock and then turn around and make up a game with Troy coming up at 4 o'clock this coming Saturday. The Wyalusing softball team will also get the chance to play Troy on Saturday as well at 4 o'clock. So just want to quickly uh, give that quick mention out there as well. If any other schedules uh, have Happen to change. Remember, keep following uh, the NTL Sports website and, of course, uh, the NTL Sports uh, Twitter and Facebook pages, too. They do a great job of updating schedules uh, once ADs make things official. But, hey, you know, again, uh, credit to all the athletic directors out there. They're definitely doing uh, their job. They're earning the money. Definitely uh, wanting to make sure their kids have the best opportunities to get out there and play and uh, trying to make the most of uh, any situations that happen to get there. And the fact that, uh, you know, a lot of these schools are being flexible, making matchups when and where they can have them, that's uh, always a good thing. And I uh, love seeing that uh, adaptability here in the springtime. But, yes, uh, you know, these athletic directors out there, they definitely need their praise for all the work they're doing here uh, in this spring sports season. All right. Well, I thought we were going to get to some track and field coming up here in the next segment. But it turns out one of those potential interviews I was telling you about earlier has reached back out, and it looks like we are going to keep the softball talk going here on the NTL Now podcast because when we come back, we're going to talk with Northeast Bradford softball coach Tilden Franklin. He's next right here on the NTL Now podcast. At Mansfield University, we're proud to offer affordable, life-changing education with more than 40 degree programs. From two-year degrees to bachelor's and master's programs, Mansfield University has something for everyone. Small class sizes allow students to receive a personalized, hands-on education making the value of your degree go even further. Learn how an affordable education at Mansfield University can benefit you at mansfield.edu. 
Is it that night of the week where nobody feels like cooking and you just want some good food? Then you need to get a hold of the Park Hotel and Brewing Company in Canton. That's right, with a full menu of entrees, appetizers, and everything in between, you'll love the Park Hotel and Brewing Company in Canton. If you want pizza, wings, stromboli, steaks, and more, call the Park Hotel and Brewing Company. Dine in or take out. 570-673-8777. That's the Park Hotel and Brewing Company in Canton. Remember, like them on Facebook. All right, folks, and welcome back here on the NTL Now podcast this week. And we are going to keep the softball discussion going because, well, he is the newest head coach in the softball world. He's the head coach of the Northeast Bradford Lady Panthers, the undefeated Panthers after this week. Let's give it up now and welcome in head coach Tilden Franklin from Northeast Bradford. Coach, thanks a lot for taking some time this week on the podcast. Oh, yes, uh, absolutely. Thank you for having having me. All right, Coach, you are a first-time guest. I do this with every coach that I get for the first time. I need to know, did you know there was a podcast? Have you listened to this before? Um, actually, I did not. I did not know that. Well, um, This is first first time. I think it's exciting. That's great. Hey, you know what? You are uh, being uh, kind of brought. Your horizons are being broadened, I guess, is the way I can say it. But yes, yeah, so sure. again, yeah. <laughs> thanks for taking some time this weekend, Coach. You know, I had the opportunity to watch your squad the other night at Canton. I know it was only uh, your second game of the season, but man, oh man, yeah. I'll tell you what—you've got uh, quite the solid group there this season. Yeah, we do. We have a we have a great group. It's a it's a very athletic group. Um, many of those girls play multiple sports. So I got, I have one of those groups, you know, it's, uh, they're very athletic and they're very, uh, eager to succeed and win. And I love that. You love the eagerness. So I'm, I'm very excited for this year. Coach, now you are a, you know, a first time coach here in the NTL. Obviously, you know, you're taking over a program that's got a lot of history. You know, I, I guess I could say, you know, there are expectations. I mean, this program's kind of been set. Uh, you're taking over for whom what I consider one of the more respected and uh, legendary coaches in the league and Gary Hennep. I mean, what was it about this job that really appealed to you uh, wanting to become the head man? Yeah, I agree. You know, there's a lot of a lot of expectations in this program. I mean, Gary Hennep has been in that organization for about 20 years. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of, I don't want to call it pressure, but yeah, there is some, uh, there is some, uh, uh, expectations of being, you know, successful, especially in the small school division. Um, but, uh, I was, uh, you know, my daughter is, uh, in high school now and I've been coaching, you know, I've been coaching little league and, travel ball and I've been coaching quite a few uh you know teams for about eight years now so uh I think it was about time to uh settle in in the head coach spot uh I was the assistant coach for a couple years for Gary so I kind of knew how he ran the program which was kind of nice um but yeah I have the utmost respect for Gary I think he's been he he did a great job in that organization now, you know, you, you said that, you know, your daughter, Tylee, obviously, you know, is a part of this group this year. You know, and, and for some, that might actually, you know, kind of deter them because, you know, you might not want to be, you know, the, the dad that coaches their child, you know, and vice versa. You know, you might want to kind of keep that, you know, kind of just dad player thing going. But you seem to embrace it. I mean, from what I could tell, you know, just kind of watching the dugout vibe, uh, you've really got kind of a bond with this group. 
Yeah, I do. I've been coaching a lot of those girls, you know, since they've been, you know, basically seven years old. I know this group very well. Um, but, you know, my, my daughter's a little bit different. You know, there's a lot of daughters that don't like their dads being coach, and there's a lot of stress involved. But for some reason, my daughter just loves it when I coach. I think she really, she, I don't know, It's maybe it's just we have a good relationship, good bonding experience together. You know, it's uh, it's it, it's been great for me too. I I actually really really enjoy coaching my daughter. She she she's been she's been wonderful. So. Well, that's definitely a good thing. You know that uh, you know when practice is over or games are over, you know you can still come home and uh, you know the relationship is still good. You know, there's not that kind yeah. of animosity yeah. or whatever that uh, follows for sure. But you know, like I said, I mean, I got the uh, you know first look at your squad the other night. Uh, you know, your team is right now undefeated. But you know, I think what's great is uh, your squad has such a great mix of uh, I guess I want to say like uh, players who are very attention to detail. Like, I think you've got mm -hmm. players, you know, like uh, a Kaylee Toman at the top of the order who really does a nice job setting the table. Obviously, you know, mm -hmm. you've got Emily Sushan right there in the middle. She can take one out of the yard anytime she wants, basically. I mean, she's got as much power in the bat as any softball player probably in the state. But I really love what you've got probably five through nine. I mean, those players, one, they make great hits. And two, I mean, what the what Post and uh, Shumway could do at the bottom, just the way that they could uh, lay down bunch and stuff I mean those are just small technical things that kind of get overlooked yeah absolutely yeah when we when we first started uh, practicing I knew I was going to have a pretty like I said athletic group and they do all pay attention to that stuff and the way I coach I I start with fundamentals you know if you if you don't have the fundamentals down then you're not gonna you're not gonna do well in a good game situation um, but uh, yeah I practiced that quite a bit the first couple weeks and then uh, after that, you know, we uh, we really practice uh, endurance. So, <laughs> you know, you got to go a full seven games or a full seven inning game. And uh, you know, this isn't travel ball. I don't know if anybody knows anything about travel ball, but you know, a lot of those games only last an hour. Sometimes, you know, three innings. So going seven innings is huge, uh, especially as a pitcher. You know, that pitcher's got to be in shape to go the full distance. Um, but yeah, you're right. You know, they, they do, they do pay attention to details and I, I will have anybody in that lineup put down a bunt. There's no, you know, where the major leaguers, where the number three or the number four hitter don't bunt. That's, that's not how it works in my organization. That's gonna, everybody can drop down a bunt because you never know when you need it. You know, and you make a very good point there because, you know, even during the broadcast, I found myself uh, basically, you know, kind of watching it as it was like a 3-1 ball game. And I can't remember who was at the plate, but, you know, I, even then I think you were right about uh, that spot in the order, 3-4, maybe 5 even, you know, and, and you were playing, you know, the, the insurance run game. You could tell you were playing small ball, and, you know, you can just see that kind of presence there that, you know, the, uh, the, the, the little things will eventually lead to bigger things later. Yes. Yep. That's correct. I, you know, with a good team like Canton, you know, Canton is known for their hitters. There's no doubt about that. But, you know, one through nine, they're tough. A lot of those girls actually played on my travel team last year, so I knew quite a, quite a few of those girls, and I know they can slug slug it. Um, but uh, with them, I had to break up the game, and I told the girls we got to, you know, we got to win each inning. 
um, you know, one nothing. If they get one run, then we got to score two runs. And that's just the way I played it. And every inning, I wanted to get at least one or two runs. And that was my game plan. And, you know, by the end of the seventh inning, we ended up having, you know, we had nine runs. So it really worked out really good in our favor. You know, and one other thing, you know, as far as, you know, just like the the, the paying attention to detail, really, uh, you know, honing in the skills defensively as well. I mean, you can just tell, you know, that they pay attention. You know, there's not like a lot of uh, unforced errors, I guess I should say. Pretty clean game defensively for you. So, I mean, it just seems like, you know, whether it be defensively or offensively, you know, the, these girls are really focused. I think there's kind of like a, a hunger, I guess, amongst these girls that they know that this season could be something special and, you know, they want to, you know, if they're going to do something, they want it to be of their own volition. Yes. Yep. I agree. They do. Uh, you know, like I said, we, we, we do practice fundamentals quite a bit and I do remind these girls quite a bit on fundamentals, you know, even before each inning, sometimes, you know, you get in the heat of the moment and you kind of forget your technique a little bit. You just kind of have to remind yourself, but, uh, I know there's been quite a few practices that, you know, all we did was focus on defense and, you know, RJ and I, my assistant, RJ Baker, uh, you know, we, we hit them a ton of balls. I mean, so many balls that, you know, obviously they're tired at the end of the day, but, you know, we'll give them two, three, four hundred, you know, ground balls a night just so they get that fundamental down and they don't even think about it. So in the game, they're not really thinking about fundamentals. They're just kind of doing it. So it's kind of nice to kind of nice to see the, you know, the result of, of nice hard work. You know, I want to touch on something else you just brought up here a little while ago because, you know, obviously uh, this is uh, Tylee's first year as a varsity pitcher. Now, of course, she's logged a lot of innings through travel ball and, you know, those games you said. But, you know, those aren't uh, very lengthy uh, games. I mean, do you have to kind of find yourself uh, kind of giving uh, Tylee, you know, so, some pep talks, kind of some motivation here on, uh, you know, how to kind of maybe pace herself knowing that, you know, this is really her first year on the varsity level going seven innings per night um no actually not so much you know with tylee she's uh she's she's in shape she she uh she's kind of one of those girls that uh you know i don't i don't really need to push her she kind of does it on her own but she does she does work out every day um you know not only that you know she does pitch quite a bit you know we do see pitching lessons and we do that through the winter and like i said she keeps in shape but as far as uh, the endurance part of it, that part I don't have to worry about, Ty, uh, in that sense. But uh, I can tell you with the travel ball, sometimes it can be a little bit different versus the high school, is that, you know, you're going seven innings, and um, with travel ball, it's a little bit different because sometimes you can play three or four games, and, you know, they might last an hour and 15 minutes, so you're basically looking at three to, three to four hours of pitching. So in the high school, you know, if you're kind of comparing, you know, most of those games go about an hour and a half. So when she's pitching, she's basically, she's raring to go the whole, the whole seven innings. I mean, especially last night when we played Sarah, I mean, she was throwing just as hard in the seventh inning as she was in the first inning. So, you know, that's, that, that, that really comes down to, you know, uh, working out and, you know, staying in shape and getting the endurance in there but uh, she does very well at that 
You know, Coach, looking at your just team overall, I mean, obviously expectations are there. Uh, the, the, the athleticism is there. You know, the power is there. Everything, all the ingredients, I think, I guess, that you could say and want for a successful season are there. Is basically, you know, the only thing separating your team from a successful season just kind of the ability to keep the season going so that your team can stay in a rhythm, stay in a flow, and not have to go through a, a start stop kind of thing like he did at the beginning of the year sure yeah it's uh it's kind of hard to kind of keep the you know we started the season out and we had the one week where we were remote and we couldn't play and you know and we couldn't even practice so that was kind of tough on the girls but you know if anything it actually made them eager you know the next time that we ended up having practice i mean you could tell their their eagerness and their hunger to play which is nice to see especially it's it's a great group of girls I'll be honest with you, as far as this group of girls, I've never seen a, a group that is more more supportive with each other than I have ever had in my whole my whole entire career coaching. It's just a great group. You know, I want to endear that as well because, you know, even during warm-ups, uh, you saw a player, you know, like Emily Sushan there, obviously, you know, kind of encouraging the team all through, you know, and it didn't matter if it was, you know, one of the, the first players up in the uh, warm-up line. It didn't matter if it was the last girl to take the grounder and through. I mean, you could just hear Emily out there just giving her support, uh, you know, for her team. And for a player of that stature to be, uh, you know, kind of the encourager, I mean, that's really got to kind of reflect down amongst everybody to, uh, you know, really keep that attitude level high. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, Emily, it's a lot of people, a lot of, uh, you know, viewerships and that actually watch Emily or they, they see it in the paper or they read it, you know, whatever. But, uh, she, she is probably the best team player that you would, she is the most supportive player that you would ever know. Um, she actually does lead that team. There is no doubt about that. I mean, even if she struck out like three times, which, you know, she really hasn't. But when she does, you know, she's always still up and upbeat and she's always uh, praising and trying to encourage the, uh, you know, the next player behind her or whoever. But uh, she's been, she's been great. It's, it's, it's been great to have Emily and we have her next year too. So gotta, gotta love that. Coach, I got to tell you, it's been a great start to the season so far. Right now, you sit three and zero. You've got much more uh, competition, many more games to come here as the season goes on. But uh, hey, for right now, I mean, things are going well. I mean, what's going to be kind of your, uh, you know, uh, I guess just overall message to your team? I mean, are you the cliche coach who obviously goes, you know, with the one game at a time thing, or do you have, you know, kind of like your own uh, little uh, message to the girls that kind of keeps them focused day in? day out no I'm actually one of those coaches that you know we take one game at a time I don't like uh, to count my chickens you know before they hatch uh, you know we almost did that with Sayre last night and you know there's a lot of teams that were uh, you know beating beating them up I don't know if you want to call it that but uh, you know they were pretty much taking care of business and you know, you can't take any team for granted. That's that's for sure. Especially in the, this year, I think the NTL this year is probably the strongest that it has been in a very long time. And I think that's tribute to a lot of the girls playing travel ball. Um, I I can tell that they're playing travel ball because you can look at their helmets. You can see the teams of the other uh, travel ball teams that they've been playing on, and you know, and most of them are from like Elmira or Horseheads or even Binghamton. 
So you know that those players are definitely playing a lot. So I know this year is going to be a tough year. So whoever comes out of the NTL, whether it's small school or large school, is going to be real strong, which is nice to see because, you know, you don't want to make the playoffs or make the uh, district play and end up getting squashed. You know, you want to, you know, you want to definitely have a good season where there's good competition. Coach, I want to wish you continued success here in the uh, 2021 season. I mean, you got things rolling right now, and uh, just kind of keep doing what you're doing because obviously uh, it's definitely working. You got a great group, and it sounds like uh, a team that really embraces the the uh, togetherness attitude. So can't wait to see uh, what the Lady Panthers bring, and uh, hopefully we'll catch up with you down the road come playoff time. Yes, no, I appreciate that. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, it's kind of nice to kind of take the time and talk about my team. It's kind of nice, you know. We've done a lot of a lot of work and a lot of practice, and we got a bunch of games coming up here, so I'm real excited for this year. So, uh, but yeah, I appreciate all the kind words there. That's head coach Tilden Franklin from the Northeast Bradford Lady Panthers softball team right here on the podcast this week. All right, coming up, we're going to talk some track and field with Daily Review sports writer Brian Fees. That comes up after this quick timeout right here on the NTL Now podcast. You've got the newly permitted teenage driver in the family, but the patience to teach them just isn't there. That's why you call Max Driving Academy in Canton. Max Driving Academy will make sure your teenage driver is ready to be the safest driver on the road. That's Max Driving Academy. Call Tim Mackinich today, 570-404-7815. Or for more information, visit maxdrivingacademy.com or like Max Driving Academy on Facebook. That's Max Driving Academy, Canton. Well, we've talked baseball, we've talked softball. Now it is time to talk track and field here on the NTL Now podcast this week. And it gives me great pleasure to welcome back the Daily Review sports writer, Brian Fees. Brian, thanks a lot for taking some time this week, my friend. No problem. How are you, Shane? Brian, I'll tell you what, it's been uh, kind of this topsy-turvy uh, start-again, stop-again kind of spring sports season, but I'm glad at least uh, things are going. And uh, now, of course, we turn our focus to the track and field side of things. Obviously, you know, one of the big headlines here in the early going is first track meet out and Tawanda's Portia Bennett leaving right off uh, where she uh, kind of left off as she gets going again breaking the uh, Tawanda High School uh, high jump record already. Yeah, I mean, Portia going out very first meet of the year and going at 5 feet 7. I mean, that's really impressive. Not only did she break the school record, but the old record was Megan Morningstar at the state meet when she took second in the state with that jump. So, I mean, you already can see Portia's putting up the type of height that could very easily win her a state medal or even a state gold medal this year. Now, of course, uh, you know, along the lines of, you know, the the big headline there with Portia, uh, do you have maybe uh, some other headlines here in just kind of the early going of these uh, first couple of weeks here that kind of uh, sticks out in your mind? Maybe some other uh, notable things that uh, you've seen already so far. Yeah, I mean, you know, Portia is, you know, having a lot of success early in the year in the high jump. She's not the only one in the NTL. Williamson's Charlie Slusser is – had a five foot four jump earlier this year. She's been five two or other two meets. You know, her and Portia both went to states together two years ago in the high jump. And, you know, it looks like the NTL very well could have two girls there again this year. 
And, you know, and then the one other one that really has kind of stood out a little bit is, you know, Ken in their meet there, Caden Williams has had success not only throwing the discus and the shot put, but then he's also one of the leaders in the area this year so far in the triple jump, which, you know, that's a little bit of a different combination for him there. You know, it's interesting because actually I just saw uh, Mitch Rupert put out a tweet about Caden. I think, you know, there was, what, a couple of throws he's in, also uh, the triple jump too, and then uh, Coach Aylesworth said, you know, he's just had uh, one of his better uh, kind of nights in the high jump as well. So, I mean, that's awesome to see, you know, some of these uh, athletes in the track and field side already getting some of these notable performances. Now, you know, it's interesting that, uh, you know, you bring up Charlie Slusser of Williams. Uh, talk to me about Williamson in general. Is this kind of one of those uh, underrated teams, under-the-radar teams, uh, track and field-wise? Because I know that definitely caught my attention when their boys and girls teams went to Wyalusing and won. Yeah, I mean, they are a team that the last few years, they really were building something before, you know, last year, missing last year with uh, COVID. You know, they had Jules Jones there for a while, and they really were building a program. But now they've kind of taken it to another level. I mean, their boys have gone out, they beat Y losing and they edged Wellsboro, you know, so they're off to a undefeated start to the year. The girls lost a close one to Wellsboro, who should be one of the better teams in the league, but then they beat Y losing before that. And, you know, both of them should make some noise this year. They have a lot of depth this season, you know, which I don't think a lot of teams in the league have that kind of depth. You know, and I was going to actually say that because, you know, you've kind of been out probably already to uh, some of these area track meets. You know, I had the opportunity to talk with Coach Schools. I've talked with Coach Aylesworth at Canton. Uh, you know, what are you seeing as far as maybe, like, numbers this year? I mean, uh, I know the coaches were kind of concerned about it, you know, with that being said. But, I mean, you've been out and kind of seen, uh, you know, how the numbers look this year. Are, are we looking at kind of a, a down year just as far as depth goes across the board even? Yeah, I mean, I think the depth has been down a little bit this year. It seems to be that way through the entire school year, every sports season. I mean, we saw it in the winter with basketball and wrestling. A lot of the teams didn't have the same numbers as years past, and, you know, swimming in the winter especially. And I think we're starting to see it now. You know, it's it's not quite as noticeable on track and field because you have, you know, 30 or 40 kids. So even when the numbers are down, you still have enough kids to compete. But it is pretty noticeable where in the past you might have two or three heats of some of these events. A lot of these meets so far this year have been one heat, maybe at the most two heats of events, because there's just not quite as many kids as there's been in years past. Now, of course, you know, we've got meets and stuff that are still to come, uh, a lot of competition still to be had, but, you know, I, I look around uh, kind of District 4 as a whole. I mean, I've seen kids already churning out, like, uh, sub-1100 meter dashes in April. I mean, what in the world is going on here that, like, uh, these kids are able to do that? I mean, are we looking at a point where, uh, you know, the NTL uh, as a whole is going to have to really start, uh, you know, cranking out times here to get uh, some good seating come district time? Because it looks like uh, the performances I'm seeing around the district are really going to put the pressure on some of our kids. Yeah, I mean, you've seen some really good times to start the year. Like you said, uh, you know, I saw Gavin Garcia down in Southern Columbia running a 10-7, 100-meter dash to start the year. I mean, that's the type of times you would see at a state meet, not to start the season. So, you know, you're really going to have to bring your A game if you want to compete with these people. But I will say, you know, the NTL is already doing that. You know, the type of hype Porsche's putting up, that's a state-type hype. That's the type of hype you'd see in the state final to try to win a state gold. And, you know, Charlie Slusser, first meet going out, and going 5-4, you know, that's the type of hype that gets you to states. And so I do think you're starting to see kids in the NTL and all through District 4, like you said. I think it shows a lot of these kids put a lot of work in last year, even when there was a track and field, because 
they're coming out and they are not looking rusty. They're looking, you know, as sharp as they've ever been. Okay, you know, you mentioned the Wellsboro girls uh, having a pretty solid start to the year. Uh, you know, the, uh, I think the Athens boys, Tawana boys and such having a good start to the year as well. Williamson, obviously, what we've seen uh, having a uh, pretty good start as well. Uh, I'm curious, you know, who are, who are some names that are kind of on your radar here as we go towards uh, the end of the season here as we come down this stretch? I know, you know, the Ben Gambrells. I know the Porsche Bennetts, the Charlie Slussers. Who are some other names you know that have kind of already started to catch your eye here as this track season's unfolding yeah i mean there's still some names we haven't seen yet we haven't seen gambrell yet at athens you know why losing we haven't seen isaiah way or kayshawn cameron you know we've seen a couple kids that we know from the past that haven't been out there but there's some people that are really stepping up like you said Caden williams he went five eight in the high jump the other day for boys on top of having the triple jump he's got the best high jump in the area, the best triple jump in the area, and he's one of the best throwers. Williamson has a couple people. Um, Cummings in the distance events, along with Seth Neal, have both had a lot of success early in the year. Cade Sotolano, who, you know, we saw what he could do in wrestling season. He's really starting the year strong throwing. You know, they, there's a lot of kids who really have the potential early in the season. You know, and like I said, we there's a lot of kids we haven't even seen yet that haven't even, you know, been on the radar yet because they haven't gotten a chance to go out and run yet. I know that's one of the uh, hard things about uh, you know this early season is you know we we've been kind of in this uh, stop and start kind of mode here with some of these schools around the area that yes you know we haven't gotten uh, all these uh, great performances that we're used to the the hope is you know that things get uh, really cranked up here soon because you know sooner or later uh, time's just going to run out so hopefully you know things get really going here uh, very shortly for sure but you know here's another uh, quick side story too that uh, you know was approached to me uh you know by uh, the athletic director at troy this week and you know things are really starting to buzz over in troy given the fact that i think what is it a week from tomorrow troy's gonna host their first home track meet in like 30 years i mean you've got to think that like the kids over there are just ramped up knowing that they've got a meet coming and they actually get to be home for it yeah and not only that i mean this is how long they've been waiting for it. I mean, this was supposed to have happened last year. And then with COVID, they had to wait an entire year beyond that. So not only are they, have they waited 30 years to have a track meet, but then they had to wait a year plus, you know, since they were already ready and had it on the schedule and were set to go. So by this point, they've got to be beyond anxious to get out on that track and, you know, be able to have something at home. Gotta love that for sure. Now, Brian, you've seen uh, a lot of the teams out there already. I'm kind of curious, you know, where where do you see kind of this uh, track season unfolding? Because I believe, you know, they've kind of dissolved the small school and the large school. Who right now, I guess, on the boys and girls side kind of stands out to you as kind of uh, those teams that, you know, you see rising to the top? I mean, I think the Athens boys, you know, show they they beat Tawanda they looked really good the other day they're they look like they're very deep and they have a lot of talent and we haven't even seen Benny yet so I mean we know what that team is going to be capable of doing and the Tawanda girls with Porsche you know they went out there they beat Athens and they looked really good early in the year and then you can't ignore Wellsboro going out and you know beating a Williamson team who had already had a win over Wyalusing so I think those which should be some of the top teams it's it's a little harder this year early in the year because We've had a lot of more just plain dual meets. We haven't had the invites you have in some other years where teams go down and face this top competition. So some of these teams, we haven't even seen the top kids get a chance to compete yet because, 
I think they're waiting for it to warm up a little bit. You got some kids with some injuries. You got, you know, we're just waiting on getting everybody fully going so we can kind of see where these teams kind of fall as it gets later in the season here. I couldn't agree more. I think uh, the loss of invitationals this year is uh, really going to hamper uh, a lot of our kids' times, distances, throws as well. I mean, I know a lot of the coaches out there really lean on those invites to really get uh, as much competition from kind of out of the area as they can. So, yes, definitely hoping, uh, you know, the weather warms up soon and we get to see uh, a lot of our uh, top kids in the area get out and uh, get performing as well. But, Brian, I want to take some time. Just thank you again for taking a a little moment this week to kind of jump on and uh, talk some track and field. I know, you know, with the uh, baseball and softball seasons going, I haven't really had a chance to get out there and see some of these athletes. I know you've kind of got your ear to the ground, uh, your journalistic uh, pen and paper out and about at these track meets, so I'm glad uh, you know you were able to uh, jump on and kind of give me and uh, the podcast fans out there a little insight on what's going on on the track and field side. Yeah, no problem, and uh, you know, like I said, everybody should, you really should get out and see you know some of these kids early in the year, and Portia Bennett, what she's doing right now, we may not see this in the NTL again for a very long time. It's very rare to have somebody jumping these kind of heights early in the year. And, you know, that's something really special to see, and people should get a chance to go out and see what she could do this year. Got to tell you, man, I've got uh, Portia on the uh, interview list, that's for sure. So hopefully we'll be able to catch up with her coming up here uh, down the stretch uh, for a future episode uh, of the podcast. But, Brian, again, thank you so much for taking some time. Uh, I know you've got uh, a lot of sports still to cover yet uh, through tomorrow and the weekend, but uh, we'll definitely catch up with you down the road, my friend. All right. Thanks, Shane. there you have your track and field talk here for the week again want to thank daily review sports writer brian fees for jumping on and doing that with me this week you know sometimes with the uh, baseball and softball seasons it's uh, hard to keep up with track and field so it's always good to have all of the sports writers in the area out and about uh, to be able to talk about that with uh, here on the podcast as well uh, again want to thank northeast bradford softball coach tilden franklin as well as sarah baseball coach jamie van duzer for jumping on this week as you can tell it's been a podcast full of content as we are already over an hour of uh, podcast time here this week but again want to thank all the listeners as well for tuning in of course a big thanks to all of the sponsors as well and of course remember you can download the ntl now podcast on itunes google play as well as spotify and of course the ntlsports.com website as well Remember, you can follow the NTL Now podcast on social media as well. Just go to Instagram or Facebook and type in NTL Now podcast. Follow us on Twitter as well at NTL Now pod. Folks, this is Shane Wilber saying so long. Have yourselves a great week. I'll talk to you again next time with another edition of NTL Sports right here on the NTL Now podcast. As always, an exclusive production of Circle W Sports. Thanks for listening to NTL Now, your Northern Tier League sports podcast. Keep following the Northern Tier League on Facebook and Twitter for more updates on the Northern Tier League. Audio from the NTL Now podcast may not be used without prior consent. Join us next week for more NTL Now, brought to you by Circle W Sports.